0: You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast.
1: Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Hello, hello. We are back on Live Wild Radio. I'm Catherine.
0: I'm Winston. And I'm Ryan. And it's like the three climbing amigos. Today's episode is all about rock climbing. Uh, you know, we, we've we talked about it in other episodes, but... Uh, some of our friends who've listened to episodes but aren't climbers have asked a bunch of questions.
1: And so you know, climbing is really scary for people and so people are naturally curious.
0: I don't know if they're curious cuz they're scared. But it's but it is it's it's a weird punk rock fringe thing, right? Like if you look at like the Stone Masters back in like the 60s 70s, you know, actually I guess that period was before the Stone Masters, but you know, the Yosemite Big Wall people and, like, uh, all of those early rock climbers, like, it was counterculture. Like, it was punk rock. And now, like, there's a climbing gym in every town. Like, we've got one. A Kitchener's got one. A Guelph's got one. There's probably, like, a climbing wall at the University of Waterloo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's marketed as a, like, yoga is.
1: That's true. Cl- rock climb a new yoga.
0: Yeah. Ooh, that's and- it. good good quote there Catherine. climbing <laughs> is the new yoga but yeah let's, let's get into climbing uh, let's first go through how each of us got into climbing let's start with you Catherine
1: alright you dragged my ass out <laughs> but it was willingly willingly <laughs> Because not, I had mentioned, uh, geez, about ten years ago. I think I did a vision board at one of my book clubs. You played love, <laughs> and on there was a lot of the things that I do today. Now, in fact, it was a lot of outdoor. I think in Utah or somewhere with red rocks.
0: You're welcome.
1: You're yes, and uh, some girl was getting gritty climbing a rock, and so I always thought that would be super cool. I never thought I'd do it though, because I, you know. I think it takes somebody, you know, other lessons, which I didn't know you could take. Anyhow, you got me into it uh, this past uh, May with my kids, and it's been pretty cool. So my first experience was, uh, I had done indoor once, years, years ago, but really was outdoor and then indoor.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, Ryan, how did you get into it? Um,
2: I think it was probably a birthday party, like gym climbing, like gyms were new when I was younger. Um, didn't have one in my town, but you know, in a bigger city we had there was a gym there and one of the ones it was an old factory so you could climb like the hundred foot smokestack. Was that the one in Kingston? The one in Kingston, yeah, and yeah, look yeah, out. Yes. And I've been there. Yeah, uh boiler room. So um you could climb that and then look out on the city and everything, and that was pretty cool. And then, you know, where I grew up there was lots of like slab type climbing, but it was probably only like 30 40 feet, you know, you start at the ground and you climb up on some granite and stuff like that um so i always started to do that and then i you know dabbled in learning to rope like top rope climb and um boulder when you know uh i've lived in different places that have had climbing gyms close by and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um and it hasn't been until recently that i've got really serious about you know outdoor climbing and training for climbing and all that sort of thing yeah
0: because before you met me had you done any outdoor climbing
2: um like rope climbing yeah like top rope with a guide and
0: that sort of thing. Yeah. Once or twice, but that was about oh, okay. it. How so, about you? So mine's a little more convoluted. Uh, but when I was, a, uh, I I think probably like, I'm thinking like 11 or 12, like whatever, whatever between grade eight and grade nine is. Um, I forget what the age, uh, but I remember the grade and I was like a, a nerdy kid who would spend a lot of time in the library. And, like, adventure shit really touched me. And I was reading... I think it was probably Climbing Magazine. And I was like, oh, man, that'd be so cool. But just if there was cliffs or something. Like, we have no cliffs. So you can't do any cliff climbing with no cliffs. Rock climbing is, like, this thing. It's like these vertical walls and cracks. And, you know, I didn't really understand it. And then at some point... And I think it might have been a school trip who we went to Rattlesnake Point. And it was like, they have rocks. Right? Because it was like, basically, you're seeing cliffs. And it was like, there's cliffs. And I didn't know there was cliffs. And then, you know, I had this kind of like, oh, my God moment. And they're not very big. You know, 70, 80 feet. Uh, but uh, then I started doing the thing of riding my bike, because I used to live in Brampton riding my bike from brampton all the way out to rattlesnake or buffalo craig or kelso and i would just hang out and like pretend i'm climbing on the bottom you know like I'm that's
1: a, so cute
0: yeah like i'm this <laughs> doofy little blonde kid uh blonde well i was blonde when i was young hmm. you know you've only met me when i'm gray uh <laughs> silver fox <laughs> i tell you <ya>. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then i ran into the thing where these guys who'd been, you know, because you go to the weekend and people are climbing. And it's so funny because it's like a local Craig. It could be any schmuck. But, like, there was these dudes climbing that were probably in their 20s, you know? So when I'm, like, 14, uh, it's like, oh, these these are, like, the hard men, you know? Like, it's... and And in the grand scheme of things, they weren't even the, you know, stone masters of the escarpment. You know, the Dave Smarts and all the guys who put up all the routes. These were just some dudes out top roping. And they basically said, hey, kid, uh, if you want to climb, you got to get this stuff. These shoes and a harness and a chalk bag. So I went and got the gear. Uh, So I took the Greyhound bus from Brampton, went to Mac. I showed up then the next weekend or no, two weekends later, because that weekend I had to go to Toronto to buy my stuff. And Cheapest Shittiest I didn't know anything So uh, It was uh, Firae shoes Way back in the day Because you had two options of shoes You could get the Lasportiva El Mariachis Or you could get Firae's And then uh, I think they still had some old EVs. Um So anybody who's been climbing for a while You'll know these words I'm saying um, Because both Ryan and Catherine are looking at me like I don't know what these words mean Yeah right over my head Yeah Uh So, you know how right now, like, if you go through, like, just Scarpa or La alone have, like, 40 models of climbing shoe? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, in the market, you had three. Yeah. Between all brands. (laughs) (laughs) You know, 510 wasn't in the game yet. You know, all these funky companies like So Will and uh, Unparallel and, like, ones where, like, you know, Mm -hmm. they didn't, they weren't even, like, a a twinkle in their daddy's eye yet. So, this was, what,
1: 20 years ago?
0: 25?
1: No, 34.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like when I think about how old I am. Yeah, so I came out with the stuff. Conveniently, I I'd, I'd been like paper money and mowing lawns and I actually had some cash cuz you know, we were dirty white trash, so I didn't have parents who were going to buy me anything. Yeah, picked up the gear, came out and you know, these guys would let me climb with them and it was like because of the when you're when you're like a young teenager, these guys in their 20s, like, letting you do shit with them. Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I had my first beer with them. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they, you know, they were a bunch of fucking savages, so they didn't care about some kid drinking underage and riding his mountain bike uh, back to, you know, uh, to Brampton, you know. Near. <laughs> after having a beer. Uh, yeah, so that that's sort of how it started. Um, and then, you know, Glee... Almost every weekend I would go out, and sometimes they wouldn't be there, you know, because we didn't have texting and group chats and all the shit mm. we have now. So there's times they weren't going, so, you know, then after a while, it's like I'd accumulate a little bit more gear. I had my own stick plate for belaying, which is like an ATC before ATCs existed, mm-hmm. and, you know, some beaners, and it just sort of grew from there for me. Yeah.
1: So I'm just going to step in. It is St. Patty's Day tonight, so if you can hear the screaming... <laughs> Who <laughs> outside?
0: Is there noise outside? Yeah. Oh, I have I have the headphones on, so I'm not hearing oh, okay. anything. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. That. yeah. Now, you have a bar in your kitchen too. I do. We're so, so cheers. So, so yeah. on. So yeah.
1: Yes. So, uh, so what, what? does rock climbing do for you? Why? Why do you do it? Why do you love it so much?
0: Um, so first, it's really cool, and this is sort of goes back. It's one of those things that I think by doing it, it makes me cool yet I understand that very few people think by me rock climbing makes me cool. Like, as a young person, because grade 9, grade 10, like climbing was like the thing for me. And it's one thing if you were into it now. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what the fuck you're doing. Yep. Now with the picture, you know, back in the early 80s, Nobody really knew what the fuck was going on. <laughs> it's like, you climb on rocks. Like, uh, you know, there was no, no free solo winning Oscars. And there was no yeah. Dawn Walls on Netflix. None of these movies where you can see climbing and like the badasses doing badass things. Yeah. You know, it was me trying to explain to people. Like, I, I swear I must have been, like, a Mormon. You know, have you heard the good word? <laughs> <laughs> because, like, to me, it was, like, this, this amazing thing that you, yeah. you felt transcendent. Like, it, in a sense, it almost was, like, a religion. Okay. Um, and to an extent still is. Because it, it made you present. It was transcendent. It, it broke you free of your earthly bounds. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've explained a little bit of what, what I get out of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, right from the beginning. You know, and I've had different points in my life where I was, you know, whether it was not having people to climb with, other, other avenues, you know, they've been out of it for a little bit and mm. then back into it. And then, you know, it's always a thing when I get, when I'm doing it, it's the most alive you feel with your clothes on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you've, you've done, you know, a fair amount of climbing now in the last year. Yeah. What do you get at?
1: Um. So, for those that may know already, I have a slight fear of heights, so it's. And I've been wanting to conquer it. Um, it certainly has improved at first. I uh, certainly was very cognizant of the sharp rocks below me and everything around me and how high I was. And <laughs> would this gear be able to hold me if I slipped? I don't think about that anymore, so I consider that to be an accomplishment. At least, you know, around 60 feet uh, outdoors, it doesn't, I focus on climbing mm. and actually indoor climbing has a lot to do with that. And it's given me the opportunity to really practice foot technique and, and, um, what you can and cannot do and how you can, uh, grip a rock with your, yeah, with your shoes so that's one aspect another is uh it's exhilarating it's badass it's it's problem solving especially indoor because you're doing things over and over again and Mm. you can quickly go to another route so i'm kind of addicted to problem solving i've always loved that so um that's a lot of fun and it's just a whole new dynamic that people aren't used to but the fact that the indoor climbing gyms keep it uh fresh and new with problems to solve. Like I think they switch it up at least where we go at core climbing. Shout out. Um, they change it every two, two and a half weeks, something like that. So, yeah, there's always um, some new routes. Yeah, and it's a great family affair as far as, you know, doing something together with your young kids. Certainly they can do the same routes as you. And um, it better
0: not be unless you, you know, really suck at your (laughs) (laughs) climbing.
1: Well, I've seen that with other kids and uh, Amanda's starting to do threes now at the indoor climbing gym and whether she could still transfer that outside, outside, I don't know. But um,
0: yeah, we're going to find out. Yeah,
1: we are. We are. Yeah.
2: And little kids are always like spider monkeys. They can do things that like once know, they get over their do. fears
1: because yeah. that was the big thing for them but uh yeah i think that's what i get out of it i mean I, I like the sense of adventure and so i'm really looking forward to uh our trip out to uh red rock in vegas so and that's in less than a month ryan yeah so
0: yeah. so what do you get out of climbing
2: uh, well climbing for me definitely is like a physical feat or a physical challenge or something like that like i was never the most athletic kid or good at you know traditional things sports with things, things with balls yeah ball sports i was never good at those like you know hockey and soccer and things like that um and i guess maybe it's more of an individual physical challenge and it's like either you can do it or you can't do it it's not like somebody else is relying on you to do it um so that really appealed to me um, unless, unless
0: you're tommy caldwell with kevin George, the- well yeah
2: i mean you need somebody to belay you and, and you know you, know, know you want to develop you want to do it together yeah you yeah, want no, to finish okay. through route.
0: Yeah, if you don't finish together, like it's yeah, you know, you are sad. Well, like I, I, re-, I re that was a heartwarming it. story. Yeah, like. and like when oh. it, like because I rewatched the Dawn Wall recently, which is a climbing movie about Tommy Caldwell and Kevin Jorgensen climbing the Dawn Wall, and like they're in the portal ledge, you know. After Tommy, you know, because Tommy made it through pitches that Kevin didn't. He's like, yeah.
3: well, you know, uh,
0: just uh, it'd be cool if you were there, you know, you, if you if we did it together. You know, and
3: it's like, yeah. Oh. yeah,
2: I don't know. I kind of understand that. Because yeah. I was, I, you know, that's, I'm sort of like the same way. I don't talk about my feelings very well so yeah I'm that like, was a like, hilarious scene yeah i know yeah. Was, <laughs> you saw that right
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that was like just very few words and yet they got into their like hey, do you, need, you don't need to go there but i got it
3: yeah <laughs> like okay we're gonna do this you
1: know? <laughs> it was a very heartfelt moment like i love you moment yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's cute
2: yeah and definitely oh. you, like you can have that and like you know i find when we're at the gym and the the, the team is there like the team of like kids and younger people that are like in comps and that sort of stuff they're yeah. cheering each other on you know they're not putting each other down they're, no, not, they're like, there's
0: a bit of that going on. Well, a
2: little bit but they but i mean for the most part like oh, when somebody gets <laughs> yeah like there's there's the general like you know but I, I giving mean, each other a hard time yeah. but when somebody gets it or they're about to get it like yeah. everybody in the gym is watching them and cheering for them oh yeah I, yeah I find that really cool yeah but if you don't you know, get climbing it, then you get a bit of it oh so. yeah if you don't get it but <laughs>
1: I have a question because you said you don't really talk about your feelings, and you know I'm a feeling person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you You find rock climbing uh, brings that out of you a little bit? Communication, Um, feelings, and all. I don't
2: know feelings, but it definitely like. Well, you better mm communicate or you're not gonna die. (laughs) No, it definitely gives. Am I fucking on belay? (laughs) (laughs) No, it definitely gives me something to talk about. You know. A story or something like gotcha. that um you know so and and you know like winston was saying you know kind of like nerdy and shy and quiet but if you get engaged in a conversation with somebody about climbing well then yeah i can talk all day long about it sort of thing
4: nice and yeah yeah See, so what you're
0: missing is like guys we have feelings they just don't matter like we we feel things but we don't feel the need to, like, eat, pray, love our way through life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other people don't care what I think. They just... <laughs> well, and more importantly, they don't care what I feel. Yeah. They care what I do. Mm. Right? Like, and I think that's, it's kind of a, an awesome kind of, you know, interesting sort of, like, delving into the difference between men and women. Mm. Yeah. Um, like, guys, the way that we support each other is by busting balls. Yeah. Okay right like if somebody if a guy is is super polite to you mm-hmm. not in a business setting but just in day to day life
4: yeah
0: right um versus busting your balls a bit they're 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 you know, not your friend yeah you know like the person and, and and but because it's a test
1: yeah
0: right it's a little poke mm-hmm. like if if i bust your balls a little bit yeah and and, and it's one of these things that a lot of people aren't even conscious of this but if i bust your balls a little bit and you freak out then when something's real, I can't count on you, Mm. right? But if I bust your balls a little bit and you bust my balls back, right, it's this little um, almost like a a temperature taking of, like, the mental strength. You know, it happens in military units. It happens with firefighters. It's just, like, an innately male thing. I think hardwired in the DNA. You know, there's, like, being supportive. It's like, man, do it, do it. You can do it. But then it, it's not like it, like if you fuck up, it's okay. It's like, no, no, we're going to bust your balls over that. So I, I got a
1: question that's kind of uh, unrelated to rock climbing, but could be. Um, so since you've known me and I've done a lot of adventures with you, a lot mm-hmm. of new things, have you seen my personality change? Uh, yeah. Yeah. With respect.
0: Like, like you very little talking about psychics and ghosts anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh. You know, uh, like, there's nary a talk of horoscopes. uh, uh, (laughs) Like, I don't see a single crystal in your house. (laughs) Um, No. Uh, Yeah, because you've definitely gotten more capable. Hmm. Right? It's not, like, not to say that feelings don't matter, but before a lot of these things, like, feelings were almost the definition, right? Like, that was all that mattered. Like, that was sort of the you know, the pinnacle to be measured by. Yeah. And now you're reframed things that accomplishment is the thing to frame by. Mm-hmm. You're coming down to our level. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's gone up.
0: <laughs> you know, well, and it takes, it takes balance, I think. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of a nice segue into rock climbing. You know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in dealing with fear, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think it's just me that deals with that. You know how
0: you deal with fear? Hmm. Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared all the time. Yeah. Right? Like, But fundamentally, it's not that you ever, like, aren't afraid.
2: Unless Winston tells you that if you slip and fall and you're going to just eat cheese grater your face oh, all the way true. down. Yeah, yeah. That That gives you a little bit of fear.
0: Yeah. Well, because I think a little bit of fear is healthy. <laughs> Generally speaking, like when we go climb, I, I I have like moments of fear every time. Even to something as simple as like top roping. I never occasionally run into this at the gym. Yeah. Where it's like, will the rope hold me? Yeah. What's well, fucking top roping? They've yeah. got insurance. If it doesn't hold me, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you know, basically, they're they're... Is almost no worry. But, you know, fear isn't rational. Yeah. But the thing you run into with fear, and I think where something like climbing really comes in, is it gives you the opportunity to confront it regularly. Yeah. And most people in their day-to-day lives aren't actually faced with things that make them confront fear.
1: No, which is a great, great exercise, quite honestly. Well, because it's a muscle. Yep.
0: If you don't train a muscle, it's weak and shady.
1: Yeah. And as you've said before, when you're more concerned about whether, you know, you're hanging off a ledge and, you know, the fear of falling 20 feet because uh, you're doing it trad. And we'll explain what all these terms mean. But basically, you're going to drop 20 feet. That's a lot more fearful than something else that's going on in your life. That...
0: Yeah. like when And to put it in <coughs> perspective or like it be like a different way to think. It's the balancing act between, do I think I'm going to fall versus what will happen if I fall? And the more the more you climb, the more you get to know that the gear is pretty bomb-proof.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it can hold a truck. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's get into that topic now. Because I think some of the people who are listening are like, okay, I'm interested in this topic. I want to get into it. So how do they get into it? And, and uh, where do they start? And what are some of the types of uh, rock climbing? Well, here, I'll kick it off. So... Uh, a lot of people, like most people, start off indoor, right? Which yep. means two things. Yeah. So, indoor. I didn't
0: because I'm that old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there were no
0: gyms back then. Yep. Yeah.
1: So, uh, indoor, uh, first of all, the gear that you need. You need everybody needs shoes, um, and they probably range anywhere between 80 to 150 bucks. But you could probably get a good pair for 80 bucks.
0: What Do the you, hell? Where, where are you getting your $80 shoes?
1: Uh, Core Climbing Gym has got them for 80 bucks
0: they're they're kind of like your entry level well
1: that's what i'm talking about i'm just saying entry level low risk you know you're checking it out yeah Mm -hmm. so you get some uh intermediate you know beginner climbing shoes and uh, i've got
0: intermediate shoes and they're 180 bucks (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah.
1: so then so then people are going to want a chalk bag um and then your harness depending on whether or not you're doing top rope or roped rock climbing versus bouldering so the difference between the two, um, I'll talk about one of them. Uh, so I got into bouldering first. So bouldering, essentially, it's uh, rock climbing a wall that's about 15 feet high, no no greater than that, and you're surrounded by crash pads, no ropes. So if you fall, you fall on the crash pad and you're fine. Um, so at that point, the kind of workouts or the routes that you have are all color-coded. Okay, so then uh, the rating system for indoor bouldering uh, and each gyms are, are slightly unique. Where we go, it ranges from one all the way up to seven, Eight. I believe. Eight, yeah. So, I, you know, I naturally start off as one. I'm at three, sometimes fours. Um, great uh, strength training and, or work it, very, very much intense workouts because they're short climbs. Um, you know, whether it's testing your balance or your technique or its strength and then different kinds of grips, grip holds. So that kind of training, interestingly enough, um, if you go back into the gym and strength train, does a lot for you in terms of your grip, uh, in terms of your core. So you get a lot out of that versus a cardio. Unless of course you structure it in such a way that your Uh, Up and down, up and down, and you don't take any breaks. But essentially, um, yeah, that's indoor bouldering.
0: Yeah, so Ryan, tell us about top roping.
2: Okay, so top roping sort of where I started. You know, bouldering wasn't as popular 10 years ago or whenever I got into it. Um, And top roping, the rope is above you, attached through a pulley or wrapped around a pipe or whatever above you. Uh, And you need a partner. The partner holds the rope, and they take in the slack as you climb um and then if you fall they have a belay device that causes friction on the rope and catches the rope and catches you from falling all the way back down to the ground um so in the one sense as long as you trust your partner and you trust the equipment you're pretty safe because you're not going to fall you're not going to hit the ground um so you, you kind of eliminate that fear for the most part you know you may have got to get off the ground a little ways because the rope does have stretch and all that sort of stuff in it so you know if you slip off the first hold, you are going to land on the ground um but again that rope is going to catch you and
0: yeah, stretch and most of the gyms are crash pads
2: yeah and they've okay. got crash pads on the ground there um You know, when you get into top roping, you're going to need a you know a few more pieces of equipment. You need a harness so you can attach yourself to the rope and attach yourself to the belay device. Most gyms have the belay devices there, and they make you use theirs for insurance purposes and all that sort of stuff. Um, And usually, the climbs are a little bit taller. You know, you can go anywhere from 40 feet up to 60, 70 feet, depending on the roof in the gym you're in. And those are graded in a little bit different system. They're usually in north america graded in the yosemite decimal system which is the number five decimal and then the important numbers at the end so it starts at 0.1 decimal one and goes all the way up to decimal 14 15 you know you probably won't see many of those in the gym but they are there um and basically yeah you start at like a one, a 5.2 whatever the lowest is in the gym you climb that you're like yeah that was pretty easy okay go find like a 5.3 do that and you work your way up till you find you know A grade probably like five six five seven when you start that you're like okay this is pretty hard maybe you do slip off you know get your catch a rope and then you can get lowered down switch with your partner they can try it and again the holds are all color coded so you know you just follow the pink route or the blue route whatever it is um and then that you can take outside when you're ready you know you can learn how to tie anchors at the top and you know um, throw your rope over the side and then go walk around down to the bottom and start climbing outside on the
3: mm. rock.
1: And what's the maximum length of a rope? I think it's about 100 feet. Yeah, so the maximum... Most, mo- most ropes are 200 feet. Or-
0: yeah, like a 60-meter rope's about uh, 200 <coughs> feet, a 70-meter rope's about 230. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get gym ropes that are only 40 meters,
2: 50 meters, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, but they're only in the gym.
0: Yeah, so, so basically with top roping, uh, it can't be any taller than half the length of the rope. Mm-hmm. Because one climber is has the rope tied to them, the end of the rope. The other climber uh, has the rope running through a belay device, which is attached to their harness, and they're kind of the counterweight. And a belay device, like Ryan said, increases friction. So if you were just holding onto the rope with your hands, and the person fell, it would rip out of your hands. Hmm. But because it's going through this device, that magnifies your grip, essentially. So um, as the, the climber climbs if you can picture it as like a pulley from like the climber up to the uh, anchor and then back down to the belayer, as the climber climbs, basically you pull in the rope, the belayer pulls in the rope and keeps it tight on the climber the whole time. So if the climber falls, they're not falling any real distance. They're just hanging on the rope. Um, and then when they get to the top, they, in a controlled manner, get lower back to the ground um you know and generally for for single pitch climbs we'd be looking you know 50 to 90 feet Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: and a pitch traditionally is like one length of the rope or in this case half the length of the rope yeah
1: right and how much is the cost of gear so you've got your shoes um at this point if you're going to go outdoors you're probably going to invest a little bit more so maybe 150 bucks on shoes yeah and then your harness is Uh, what
0: 60 to 100
1: and then you should get a helmet
2: if yeah. you're going to go outdoors, yep. Yeah. yeah. Have a helmet. How
1: much a good idea? And that's about another 60 to 80 bucks. Uh, and then the, your chalk bag. And a rope. How much is a rope?
0: Uh, you know, like a 60 meter good quality rope. Like, say, a Black Diamond 9.8 is like, and uh, bear in mind, all these prices are Canadian, uh, is about 170 bucks. Um, then. What's the 9.9 on the rope? The diameter the diameter okay so it's 60 meters long and the diameter give or take will be around 10 millimeters so whether you have like a 9.8 a 9.9 10.1 you know they'll be about 10 millimeters Mm -hmm. and those ropes are strong enough to lift a big car without breaking yeah Um, and they're a shock absorber uh, as ryan was saying you know Basically, if you fall near the ground with rope stretch, you're not going to hit the ground hard, but you might hit the ground because um, it's kind of like a giant bungee cord. Because uh, when we get into talking about lead climbing, you'll see why that's necessary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then you have your Grigory, which is your blade device. Yeah. How so much it, is you, that?
0: Uh, if it was a a 100 bucks.
1: And then if you are a belayer, it's handy to have your blade glasses so you don't get belayer's neck.
0: Yeah, that's uh, 70 bucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then you you need anchor material for the top.
1: Okay, how much is that?
0: Uh, so some static rope and slings, you know, and some locking carabiners, call that another 100 bucks.
1: Okay, so I tallied it up, it's about 800 bucks.
0: Now, obviously not that's including the individual items you need and the stuff that could be shared among people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because obviously rope, anchor material, locking carabiners, belay device, that can actually be shared among people.
1: Yeah. So people shouldn't go out and invest in all that money in those things when the reality is that you need a partner. Yeah. So and you, you need to can, know what you're doing. Yeah, and you, yeah. Exactly. So Get an
2: experienced partner that already has all the stuff and then you can just buy your own shoes and harness and
0: go with them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and <have> a helmet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because there's kind of your personal gear and then there's the stuff yeah. that the team needs.
1: Right. So personal gear, you're talking about probably about 350 bucks. Yeah. 400 bucks something like that so half the cost yeah
2: but if you start in the gym bouldering or top roping you know yeah you need the shoes the harness the chalk bag to start then you add the helmet
1: which makes sense if you don't want to invest because you can always take lessons outdoors to see if it's something you want to do Mm -hmm.
2: yeah
1: which is another cost
2: (laughs) and one thing we did mention uh or didn't mention i guess um the first time you go there are rental shoes they're kind of like rental bowling shoes they're not the greatest other might people you have been foot using them might give you a
0: foot <laughs> uh,
2: they <laughs> spray them down with disinfectant but yeah. yeah you know they're not the greatest shoes but if One you're just trying it stuff. out definitely you know yeah, try, you can, you can, you rent, can rent, rent them yeah yeah but eventually you will want your own shoes because your own shoes are going to be better and not worn out and they'll and fit sure. your foot better and be more yeah, comfortable
0: it's not, not like rental shoes are designed to last a long time not to be good climbing shoes (laughs) Uh, you know if they if they were we don't run rental shoes you know the specialty rental shoes yeah
2: but your first time your first couple times you don't need to buy all the gear
0: they have it there for you try it out
1: see if you like it yeah all right so what are the next levels
0: so then we're going to get into lead climbing because basically bouldering no ropes you're not going very high top roping it, it it's that kind of setup where uh you're never gonna there's never a risk of falling very far whereas lead climbing um, instead of setting up an anchor at the top everybody starts at the ground the belayers on the ground the climbers on the ground there is no anchor above your head the rope is on the ground everything's on the ground yeah <laughs> and so there there's two types of lead climbing and this will be one of the things that at some point we'll make a video too so that uh if my words don't explain it well um, you'll be able to watch and it kind of makes sense mm-hmm. um, one thing is uh, for for a good understanding of a lot of this kind of stuff go to V Diff. so it's the letter V D-I-F which actually stands for very difficult in the British grading system uh, don't get me started on the fact that um, we talked about the Yosemite decimal system for how hard climbs <laughs> are uh, and it, I didn't get into the V system um, for ranking bouldering uh, but then you also run into the thing that there's the British system and then the French system.
2: And I don't know anything about any of those, so that's why I just said the North American system. 9B nine, nine
0: uh, is 515. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a carryover, it, but it's everybody's. But either way, um, this guy's British. He has a website. It's VDIF, so vdiff, so v-d-i-f-f-climbing.com. And he does these amazing illustrations and instruction, you know. Uh, so if you want sort of a breakdown to understand sort of how all of it works um, he's really good because he has top rope and he has lead climbing sport climbing trad aid and it's lots of good pictures so you can understand shit. Cool. but the way lead climbing works is whoever's climbing first is the leader right whoever's belaying is the belayer and when they follow they are the second right because the belayer goes or the leader goes first belayer goes second makes sense right um, and so if I'm leading uh, I start climbing and then so so the first 10 feet if I fall I'm hitting the ground <laughs> um, but whether it is a pre-existing anchor or an anchor I put in myself and this is the difference between sport climbing and trad or traditional climbing um, in sport climbing um, the route is bolted so At whatever interval, whether it's every 10 feet, 6 feet, some sort of sporadic uh, breakdown, there are bolts with um, hangers on them on the cliff. So all you have to do is clip a carabiner to it that has a, a nylon or spectra sling with another carabiner. So one carabiner clips the anchor, the other carabiner you clip the rope into So now, if you can picture, uh, I've climbed 20 feet up, um, and I've clipped an anchor, clipped the rope through it, and now I climb another 5 feet, so I'm 5 feet above the anchor, and I fall off, right, so picture, I'm 20 feet above the ground, so I'm not going to hit the ground, my belayer locks it off, well, being that I'm above the anchor, I'm going to fall twice the distance I am above the anchor. So if I'm 5 feet above, I'm going to fall 10 feet. And then when you factor in the amount of rope stretch there is and everything, um, and the fact that your belayer is kind of a ballast dummy, so when I pull to absorb some of the shock, the belayer will actually probably rise off the ground a little bit. Um, So my 5 feet above the anchor, I'm going to fall 10 feet, and then that's going to hit, basically the load is going to hit the belayer on the rope. And they're probably going to come a foot or two off the ground or more, depending on how much of a weight difference there is. Uh, and so that fall can translate. Instead of just sort of on the top rope, you would just hang there. Now I can end up with 13 to 15 foot, uh, ending up lower than I was. But because the climber, the uh, the belayer, um, absorbs some of the impact, the rope stretches, a fall, like because falling, you know, say 15 feet sounds like a lot but if the whole system works properly it's actually not that bad mm-hmm. you know as long as you don't hit a ledge or something on the way down uh-huh. you're like woo it's kind of like a bungee cord like a little mini bungee jump
2: yeah that first <clears throat> 10 feet you're falling you're sort of free, free falling because you have the yeah. rope hasn't caught you yet and then the next yeah three to five feet you kinda absorption. get the you get the springy effect to yes. slow down. Do you down. think
1: because it's 'cause it's gonna be our first time doing this and this mm-hmm. is something that both Ryan and I want to do. Yeah. Do you think it's good for us to do like a a planned fall? Always. Especially at the beginning, just to get Trust used to it. Trust your equipment.
0: O- only only if you have a good place to fall. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, do it yeah, in obviously. an overhang or something. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't yeah. want to be uh and that's sort of the downfall of a lot of the climbing we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um is we're not doing, like, the 512 overhanging sport routes right. where you fall and you land in, in space. Right, yeah. Uh, we're doing kind of the moderates, and so you don't really want to fall on those because you're going to hit shit. Hit it yeah.
2: yeah, but I have a friend that works in high-angle rescue and training and that sort of thing and jumping off windmills, you know, for to teach the mechanics when they're fixing it. If it catches on fire, they jump over the side and ride the rope down to the bottom and uh, he's hung off the cn tower and things like that and he says yeah going over the edge is a little scary but then once the knots hold and the equipment holds and everything and you're sitting there for three hours watching the engineers do their work you really get over it and you don't really care because now you know your equipment works and
3: mm-hmm. yeah
2: so yeah always always if it's safe take a fall trust your equipment
3: i
1: think try so. it out i think that was key for me actually even top roping um knowing that uh I mean, when you when you're he- when you're caught, you're only gonna uh, fall maybe an inch or two or three. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but feeling that feels like security. So
0: yeah, mm-hmm. it's the but before you fall, you're scared shitless. When you do fall and the rope catches you, go, yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so now back to the, the thing. Sport climbing is leading where somebody else who put, whoever put up the route put bolts in all the way up. So kind of like there's bolts in the walls of the gym. If you go to a roped climbing gym, they actually happen to have quick draws hanging from the already, which is a carabiner with a sling and another carabiner. Um, You have to bring your own quick draws uh, if you're sport climbing. And then trad climbing is when you go out to a cliff, mountain, rock, whatever, uh, and there is nothing there. Mm. So you're placing the anchors yourself. So let's say I climb up 10 feet. And then I place an anchor. Now, the anchor can be a cam. Um, They would call it like a self-loaded camming device or spring-loaded camming device, not Mm. self-loaded. And the way it works is like you squeeze it, like pull back on a plunger, and the head gets smaller. You put it in a crack and let go. And because it's spring-loaded, it gets bigger and wedges in the crack. Then you clip your rope to it. Um, Then there's nuts. they're basically metal wires with like a wedge, aluminum wedge on the head of it. And if you can find a place where the rock tapers down, you fiddle the nut in and pull it and wedge it in place, and then you clip your rope to it. So you run into the thing where there's active protection, which is spring loaded and moves, and then there's passive protection, which has no external. Uh, but either way, you're placing your anchors yourself as you go. Uh, and. If it is a uh, climb that is longer than one rope length, then you get up to a certain point, create an anchor, which generally would be at least three pieces of protection. You distribute the load between them and make them redundant. So if any one piece pops out, it doesn't make the whole system fail. Mm -hmm. And then you bring up your second. Um, The person who is belaying you now follows... And all those pieces you put in the cracks.
1: Yeah. And they follow as if they're being top roped. Yeah. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. So the leaders on the sharp end, that's where, you know, we call it the sharp end. Um, Whoever's placing the pieces, they're the one who can take the big fall. Um, So they're the one that usually by the time they get to the top have to clean the pants out. Uh, (laughs) And then whoever's seconding, they're being top roped from above. So instead of the person being on the ground belaying you, they're just above you. Right. But if you fall, you just hang there.
1: Yeah, it's like one or two inches. You you yeah. drop. This yeah. is
0: from rope stretch. Yeah, mm. and then they run into the thing. The person who second um, cleans or takes out the anchors that the leader put in,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and then if you're swinging leads, which means uh, if the if the climb is longer than one rope length, so that you know you're not at the top of the cliff and you can just walk off, then um, when the second comes up, if you're leading if one person's leading all of it then the second will give all the pieces back to the leader they will anchor into that anchor that the uh, leader built put the leader on belay and then the leader starts climbing again and then when they're anywhere from you know 80 feet to 200 feet up they create another and then bring the second up and it's kind of like this inchworm effect up until whatever the top and that that type of climbing is called multi-pitch climbing And you can have multi-pitch sport climbs where the bolts are there already Mm -hmm. or multi-pitch trad or traditional climbs uh, where you place the anchors and then take the anchors out. And you really run into the thing where if you're going to swing leads, which is it's not just one person leading all of it, Mm -hmm. then, you know, I would climb a pitch, set up an anchor, bring one of you up. And then when you get up there, I'll give you all of the, the anchor pieces that I haven't used. You put them all on your harness. And then I put I, I basically have you on lead belay. And now you start climbing and placing pieces. And when you get high enough, you make an anchor and then bring me up. Mm-hmm. And then I climb the next pitch. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the way it is right now, which is I lead all the pitches. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Um,
1: yeah. Which is interesting because I'm actually thinking about taking a course through on the rocks oh yeah yeah just let to, me know when <laughs> yeah i think it'd be good you know um you know just get some extra practice you know get instruction in a different way
0: mm-hmm.
1: but um
0: get some of that leslie girl power
1: yeah, yeah exactly yeah she's pretty cool um yeah so that's pretty much uh, the different kinds of climbing i think people well there
0: is aid climbing and big wall climbing
1: and free solo and, and <laughs>
0: Shout out Yeah. Which is with nothing. <laughs> then there's mixed climbing, which is climbing on rock with ice tools. Yeah. And then there's semi
4: climbing
2: oh, okay. and all yeah. sorts
0: of other variants. Yeah, yeah, so you have a lot to learn.
1: Yeah. I mean we can give a, a link to a glossary after. I don't think we need to go into all the, the rest of them. But um, I think Do so the people who
0: are super into climbing when they when they hear about us talk about like and this is the sort of the balancing act we run into. Yeah. The people who are super into climbing, when we talk about, yeah, it's like Placing some roops, you know, and and uh, some sky hooks, maybe hammering in some copperheads. Then the aid climbers are like just jizzing in their pants, like cause they're talking about the thing I like.
1: <laughs> we'll do another episode on that.
0: Uh, and then then uh, you know, yeah. regular people are going. What the fuck are they talking about? Yeah,
1: well, it can all be overwhelming, right? But I think um, there's some great resources out there to help you where to go, uh, where to go, and, and so one of them, uh, particularly in, uh, in the states, is Mountain Project. It's
0: worldwide.
3: Is it worldwide? It's worldwide.
1: Oh my God, yeah. so awesome! So, the uh, REI—it's uh, to our Canadian uh, colleagues or friends here—it's uh, it's, it's the equivalent to MEC, although they've been around for a lot longer since 1941. The 40s. Yeah, they're really cool. And they have this website called uh, Mountain Project. It's dedicated to climbing. It's got a map. It shows you all the routes. It shows you the specs on those routes, difficulty ratings, pictures, um, tons of resources. And it's free. Um, There's that. And then um, certainly wherever you go climbing, you want to check out your guidebooks once you've picked a location you want to go to to get more information about it. Uh, a lot of them have the GIS, uh, GPS coordinates, so it's very easy to find the exact route because it's not always easy to do it just with the naked eye. Um,
0: yeah, and then and a thing on guidebooks, you know, you run into the thing where like they will give you, uh, maybe not a move by move breakdown of a climb, mm. but like the history of a climb, who climbed it first, interesting sort of stories about those nice. climbing areas. Yeah. Um, what gear you need. Yeah, Like if it's a, like how many, maybe how many quick draws, but like if it's a trad route, like because there's all different sizes of gear, Mm -hmm. like a protection, um, you know, so that will give you a rough rundown. Mm -hmm. So that when you look at a wall, you know, it's like pitch one will be up here and to the left Mm -hmm. and then blay at the ledge Mm -hmm. and then go 10 feet to the left and follow the right-facing crack system. Mm-hmm. X number of feet. So when you're reading it, you actually have an idea of where the climb's going. It's the
1: instructional piece to it. And all the gear that you need. <coughs> um, and there's some additional resources, like Weigh My Rack, I believe, uh, from yeah, RackUp. Uh,
0: well, no, RackUp is a separate thing. Uh, so Weigh My Rack is a website. Like, this is when you're getting gear. Basically, they actually have the coolest like little database. So when you're either if you want to know what your gear weighs you like when you add it all up mm-hmm. because it can be difficult like when I'm racked up no, no pun intended but like I've got everything on to lead a climb I might have uh 14 various slings each sling has two carabiners on it like non-locking carabiners then I might have like 8 to 10 um cams or you know expanding protection i might have you know 20 nuts on me mm-hmm. uh, i might have some tri cams and ball nuts you know other kind of you know protection uh a belay device uh a nut tool for taking protection out of the crack you know a pressic loop for backing up propels um you know etc
1: etc et yeah. yeah
0: and so I have no idea, like, other than just loading my harness and just standing on a scale, (laughs) you don't really know what everything weighs. But weigh my rack, um, if you already have gear, it can let you know what it all weighs. But also, if you're going to be buying gear, Mm. then climbing weight matters.
1: What's the maximum amount of weight? What's the range that they recommend? Well,
0: there's no... It depends on the route. Like, if you're doing one of the routes on El Capitan, (coughs) and you're not Alex Honnold... Uh, you might have forty pounds hanging off of you,
3: mm-hmm.
0: like big wall stuff. So yeah, yeah. It just it all depends on what the route needs.
1: Okay, but if you're starting out and you're doing trad, so you're putting in your place in your own protection. Mm-hmm. What is a you're, good? You're looking at twenty.
0: Well, mi- you're probably looking at a good fifteen to twenty pounds. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. So if you see that you have forty pounds, you might want to like rethink what you're doing.
0: Well, but the, the thing That's is, it's like if you're but if you're getting into trad a you should be taking some some either have a mentor who's teaching you mm. um taking courses with a guide company
1: right and what are the uh, leslie's uh, leslie tim's on the rocks that's here, here in, in ontario. ontario yeah yeah
0: and then you know we we regularly post stuff from cody bradford who's a guide down in red rocks because he does a great tech tip tuesday oh yeah um you know basically there's a, there's guides everywhere. Um, and and if you do take stuff with a guide, tip them well because you know they bust their ass and they don't get paid well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when you work out the hourly rate, um, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. one of those people who do what they love mm. um, for the love of it, not the money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like what you run into with with trad climbing, or because it's the short of like big wall and aid climbing, like going climbing El Capitan. Yeah. Um, it's the most intensive because everything is up to you you pick every gear placement you choose how far to extend it so the rope doesn't drag too much um you choose whether to back off you choose whether to push on you choose because there's no bolts marking the route yeah you got to figure out where it goes yeah um and that's half the fun of it but it's yeah. also when you're in the middle of it
1: but you got to plan these things out Right. Yeah. So you have to make sure you have all the right equipment.
0: Yeah. And we, it's one of those things we don't propose to tell you, like, I could really go deep dive and it's more better suited for like articles and YouTube videos
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, on what you should have. But even like what what protection to bring with you yeah. will vary depending on where you're going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because the perfect example is um, Ryan and I went climbing the Dax in October. Mm hmm um and uh something to protect a crack up to three inches wide was more than enough
4: mm-hmm.
0: but then in getting the guidebook for red rocks as we're going in april mm-hmm. uh, some of the routes we're going to do said we need pro up to four inches mm-hmm. in diameter mm-hmm. so now we have actually had to get a couple of extra pieces yeah mm-hmm. right because we didn't have anything that big
4: yeah yeah
2: and even route to the same cliff or it you know, can vary. can vary depending on what rock, crack you're climbing. You know.
1: And the type of rock that you're climbing from sandstone that uh, can be brittle uh, or, you know, to granite, which is nice and sticky. Limestone here in Ontario is very smooth and often polished if it's been well used. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, you know, the kind of conditions that you climb on. But how about we... Let's move forward on to uh, where to go. Where, where to, to go? go climbing. Yeah.
0: Well, generally canada bc and alberta um those people at west go fuck yourselves you just have too much um i don't know if there's anything in the prairies
2: pretty flat hard to find cliffs sure
0: uh so
1: manitoba maybe i think there's some place there
0: i hope i hope you have a climbing gym in winnipeg um,
1: There's some good climbing in Manitoba, I heard.
0: Well, as the probably most experienced climber at the table, I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's a destination. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, then Ontario up north, um, you've got mostly inaccessible granite. You've got a little bit in Sudbury, a little bit Sleeping Giant. Um, you know, Gassu, who, who wrote the Ontario uh, Escarpment guidebooks, is developing like a cliff up near Elliott Lake called the Eyeball, but you need like a military four-wheel-drive vehicle with winches to get to it. (laughs) Um, Or an ATV. Yeah. But then, you know, it's tricky to bring your camper in with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you've got the Niagara Escarpment here in Ontario. So starting with bouldering, like at Niagara Glen, Mm -hmm. um, and then working various sections the big thing, get the guidebooks because they'll tell you what's legal to climb at and what Mm -hmm, isn't. mm -hmm. Um, and it goes all the way up to Tobermory. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we've got a little bit of granite stuff like Kingston mills, Bon Echo, uh, going out East. Yeah. And then Quebec's got a pile of stuff. Right. Um, new Brunswick's got a little bit.
4: Okay.
0: Uh, Newfoundland's actually got some big walls. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the shit you can't even get to in Northern Quebec. Um, And then you've got the States.
1: Yeah. And so before you go on to the States, I think what's really cool is that if you're interested in really watching the pros at it, uh, you're looking at um, Lion's Head here in Ontario near Tobamori. Yeah. Even
0: whether it's a pros or just people who are just better than you.
1: you. Well, I thought you said that you've got some people coming from around the world to go. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, you've, you've
0: seen, like, Jonathan Seagrest has come, and, yeah. you know, some big names. But, like, the sort of, the climbs up there are, the warm-up climbs are harder than most people can climb. Right, you know. right.
1: Because they are, what, 12, uh, five five, Well,
0: you've got stuff up to, like, Start. 514 up there. Yeah. Like, in the five fourteen, And the, so. most,
1: the hardest climb in the world is 515d. d Yeah. Um, and then you've got out west in Squamish.
0: Oh, well, they, but the BC's just covered. BC's got six thousand foot big walls that nobody's climbed yet.
1: Gotcha. So there's uh, tons there. Yeah. So those are the two, but mainly BC's your mecca in Canada, in Alberta, Alberta, like as Canmore, well. yeah. and
0: like, the, the, yeah, like out west, of bugaboos. Like they've just got so much shit out there. Yeah. That's why I told them to fuck off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they get rained on, so you know, screw them. Um,
1: So in uh, the States, we've got uh, then the Adirondacks, where you guys went. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of climbs there. Yeah, like, basically,
0: with the U.S., it really will come into the thing. You've got climbing on the East Coast, because you've got mountains, right? So whether it's uh, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire, uh, then, basically, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, West Virginia... You know, all along the Appalachian Mountains, mm-hmm. there, there's some good climbing. Like, you know, um, because you've got both mountains and then any place where you've got river gorges, mm-hmm. you end up with cliffs. Mm-hmm. So, like, the New River Gorge, the Red River Gorge, mm-hmm. um, the Tennessee River Gorge, or the T-wall down in Chattanooga, all end up giving you these amazing climbing walls. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's not the most exciting mountain, mm-hmm. right? Because you could just sort of walk around and walk to the top. But the actual technical rock climbing is pretty amazing. Um, and then you have a ton at west in the U.S., right? Because you've got basically, again, any place you've got mountains, canyons.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, because obviously, uh, like, Yosemite is up in the Sierra Nevada mountains.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, you know, Bishop and Joshua Tree. Like, California's got a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Nevada. You know, Boulder, Colorado. Like, Colorado's full. Mm-hmm. You know, not just Boulder, but, like, go around Aspen, you can find cliffs. Go, you know, like, you can find cliffs all over the country, or the, pro- the province, state.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Just because it's, it's mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Utah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you've got, you know, the sandstone cliffs. You've got limestone cliffs. You've got granite cliffs. And mountains and walls. And, huh. uh and it's the same thing, like uh in Nevada, Red Rock, um, obviously sandstone. And then if you go north on fifteen, that that canyon or the gorge we went through, the Virgin River Gorge before yes. we got to Utah, yeah, yeah. That's all limestone.
4: Yeah.
0: Right? So there's there's some ridiculous like uh, uh sport climbing there. Mm-hmm you know 513 514 i don't know if there's any 515s but like brutally hard sport climbing there in the new river gorge but it's kind of one of those things where it's like brutal hard climbing that uh everybody kind of you know pooh poos, n- not from the climbing standpoint but because the highway runs <laughs> right below the cliff Yep. um but obviously you get up into utah again now you, you're back in the sandstone uh you know, so you run into the thing. Like, you want to climb Splitter Cracks, you go to Indian Creek. mm mm-hmm. uh, You know, you've got, like, these sport meccas, um, like, in Smith Rock up in Oregon. Like, there's just... Yep, yep. Yeah, the U.S. is... If you didn't yeah. want to go anywhere else, you've got climbing for a lifetime.
1: So, uh, Chelsea at the jam, shout out to her. She's got uh, her own podcast, too, all about weight loss. She uh, was, I think, 270. Power. She lost 100 pounds. I think she was, yeah, she was 270 pounds. And she's uh, around 170, 150. Uh, I think what's really cool is uh, she started climbing when she was heavier. I don't think she did it that full weight. But nonetheless, uh, she's now climbing uh, fives,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which is more than what you guys are climbing. So I think that's pretty cool for somebody to go through that change.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And to I think that was in the course of one or two years. It's pretty inspirational. Yeah. yeah. So um, the strength training uh, weight things you can do there, as you mentioned earlier, were uh, anything working on your grip. Whether you're at the gym, doing farmers carry, or even just holding uh, 25 pound weights or 45 pound weights with um, your almost like your pincers, yeah, pinch grip, you pinch grip. But you're not, you know, clutching. You're just pinching. Um, walking around maybe 50 steps until you just can't do it anymore and your arms are pumped. Um, I know other things that we've been doing is uh, certainly working on your (laughs) chin-ups, which I still can't do. But that's um, a big uh, sign of uh, a good rock climber. Um, Yeah, but your upper body strength, your back strength, your core. um, You know, if you're doing it right, as far as rock climbing, indoor rock climbing, whatever you're doing is uh, all about your legs, you know, in terms of uh, technique and balance.
0: Well, yeah, because when you think about... To train, you want to train inefficiently. So whether that's... uh, Because you want to get pumped. Mm -hmm. And when you're climbing, you want to be as efficient as possible. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, Train dumb, compete, you know, or if you think of... And this is always a thing I've always had in my head. uh, If we're going out and we're doing an outdoor climb, well, I take that as game day, right? Even if it's not a competition. Mm -hmm. You know, I just have to think in my head. So it's like... In training, do everything inefficiently. Yeah. Because it's harder on your body. Like you have to work more. Yeah. And then when it's game day, do it all efficiently, right? Minimize your energy expenditure. Yes. This was always an idea I had with bike racing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like in training, be the person in the wind all the time. Cause yeah, you're working carry
1: harder. the heavier backpack.
0: Yeah. And then race day, hide in the middle of a pack and never do a single ounce more work than you absolutely have to so you have it for the end.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. It's the same idea. Like when when we're climbing um, outdoors, I'm always thinking about efficiency.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I won't muscle my way up. I'll, I'll get my positions. Take um,
1: smaller steps. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, um, and that way then I have energy for later on to mm-hmm. finish the climb. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in the gym, you know, uh, we'll do a lot of stuff with no rest. Mm-hmm. Right. Route after route after route after route, after route after
1: Yeah. Route. So I think what you're saying that there's nothing better than the best kind of training, which is something that's just do more of what you're doing. You know, so if you're uh, climbing, do more climbing and do different kinds of climbing.
0: Well, yeah. And, and how you structure, because like if you're outside, one of the things, um, if, if this is a route that's sort of close to your limit outside,
4: mm-hmm.
0: then every chance you have as you're going up, it, you can find a place to rest. Mm-hmm. Rest. But in training, shorten the rest, mm-hmm. right, so that it's harder.
1: Yeah, so you can push your gains. Right, mm-hmm. and
0: that way, then it'll translate into better endurance. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And what kind of car- cardio conditioning can you do?
0: Um, well, if you're if you go to a gym that like a climbing gym that has either auto belays or roped routes,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you can climb a route if it's got the auto belay. Basically, it's this uh, machine that you clip to your harness it has got a a cord going up and then as you climb it it keeps it tight on you if you fall it just lowers you in a controlled manner to the ground Mm -hmm. well if you can find some routes that are fairly long with an auto belay um, and bear in mind don't be a dick if people are waiting in line don't hog it but if you climb a route and jump off and the minute you hit the ground you start climbing again Mm -hmm. and you do that five or six times in a row you're going to get some good climbing-specific
4: uh-huh.
0: conditioning work, uh-huh. right? Building, being able to process a lot of you know oxygen and uh, what have you while you're climbing. Uh-huh. Um, other things are from a leg standpoint: um, hiking with weight,
4: uh-huh. uh,
0: the moving staircase in the gym, uh-huh. um, uh, weighted carries, circuit training. Uh-huh. You know, kind of, but then in the in the say if you go to a bouldering gym. Finding four routes, like doing four by fours, finding four routes uh, that are hard, but that you can do mm-hmm. and do all four of them in a row and then take a short break and do that four times. Um, or one of the things we do is like the, we, we take the moderate routes in our gym, like the ones that are a little bit challenging, but that we can do. And there, there's maybe 20 of them and we'll take and go through the entire gym and do all of them. And then do it again. Well, then you're ending up with a fair amount of workload, mm-hmm. right? It's not killing you, but you end up with a lot of conditioning. Yeah. The first 15, you're like, oh, okay, this is pretty easy. Yeah. Then the
2: next 15, you're like, okay, oh, this, this is starting get, to be a little this, bit of work. This, yeah. This is yeah. starting to hurt. And yeah. then the last 10, you're like, oh, fuck me. Okay. Yeah. My arms are getting <laughs> pumped and I'm getting out of breath, yeah. you know, finishing a climb that two, two sets ago, I was like, oh yeah, no problem.
1: Yeah. You know? But your so. body adapts. Day, yeah like and at the end of well and
2: that's usually what happens is i sit all day at work and i get home and i'm watching you know netflix is on and i'm doing the dishes and then my neck is stiff and sore from sitting at a computer all day and then i start stretching my neck and doing my back and my arms and then it just ends up turning into a whole body stretch and mm-hmm. you know and then i'm like oh okay nice and relaxed now. yeah
1: you know. i need to get out especially with the good weather um out at lunch and go for walks just the swinging of your arms incredibly loosens up your back mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that would be a good time to do a weighted hike.
2: Well, and actually it's, it's I think I'm getting to the point where I'm ac- actually overtraining my back and my shoulders and everything from climbing. Really? And now like the curve. slouching forward isn't giving me a problem anymore. And now it's a, like my back is pulling on everything else and my hips are out of alignment. So now I'm getting a sore lower back and that sort of stuff. So now I need to do the ab training in the morning <laughs> that Winston yeah. just talked about. <laughs>
1: You know what I got just on the side I got a desk bike What? A desk? a desk bike a it's desk coming bike. in the mail yeah oh, nice you put it under your desk and you cycle and you pedal yeah yeah I thought that would be good for my knees
0: mm-hmm.
1: anyway we'll see
0: it's yeah, coming apparently be good
1: yeah anyways
0: yeah. does it like tie into some racing game on your computer or something
1: I don't know you should, should definitely
2: get a, like a watt meter or something like yeah. that or like a, a, what? a, fi- a Fitbit yeah, for your it tells like... how
0: many watts you're putting out as yeah. pedal. It
1: does. It de- well, it tells you statistics. I don't know exactly yeah. everything. How,
2: how far you've pedaled in a day while you sat at your desk.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it tells you how... Yeah, distance. Are you going to be like one of those lazy
0: people that like checks their phone while they're on the recumbent bike at the gym? It's like, you're not doing anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're, <laughs> you're not huffing puff and puffing dying. You're moving.
2: You're doing something. It's yeah. the people that check their phone while they're sitting on the hydro bed. Yeah. Getting a massage.
1: What's wrong with that?
2: Well, nothing, but if that's all you do,
1: oh. you'd go to the gym
2: to get a massage no, and then you go home. You
1: do that if you earned it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I don't have
2: that membership, so I don't get to, even if I earn it, I don't get it. Uh, I have the cheap membership.
1: Oh, you just tell them. They never check?
2: Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Score. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just like, can you turn it on please? And they're like, yeah, okay. Anyway. So I think we've had some pretty good tips for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, overall, uh, what are you guys excited about? What are your... You well, me?
0: in two weeks, we're going to Seneca Rocks. I might Woo. go with you
1: guys. if. Uh, West Virginia. I might take pictures on that trip. Yeah. That might be really cool. When well,
0: cool. you can jug up the you line. You can climb, yeah. <gasps> you can use your ascenders. Catherine yeah. owns ascenders and aiders and daisy chains. <laughs> yep.
1: Yes. Yeah. She wants to be able you're
0: to ready do, for Big Wall. Yeah. Oh, my God. But also, she wants to be able to do the Jimmy Chin thing. That would like be fun. Getting good climbing photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you, you basically, you're either taking, you know, a picture of the back of somebody's ball sack because you're <laughs> shooting from below.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, there you go. Or you're shooting from above and it's like just somebody looking up at you. That'd you be don't cool. really see them in action. That'd be a lot so, of fun. So, by having, like, you know, the gear so that we can fix a line and she can. Be on the line, wrap down, and then lock yourself on with the ascenders and just hang in your aiders. You know, take the pictures, and then as the person climbs, you can just jug up beside them. That'd be fun. So you can get those killer angles. Yeah, yeah.
3: So then, you got to
2: fix a second
0: line.
1: And off you know, to the side. cool. Can you right. take a third person in your truck? Mm, or can you drive my car? Can you
4: drive be standard? Be
0: pretty tight. In March.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Then three Red weeks Rocks. later. Yeah. Yeah, Red Rocks outside of Vegas in April.
1: Yes, and then back nice. in end of May.
0: Going right to, uh, or uh, Seneca. Seneca again. Yeah. Because everything up here is still wet.
1: And then June or July 1st weekend.
0: Which is end of June.
1: Oh, no, we're going to Rock City. That's with the kids. Um, no, we're
0: not going to the Dax then?
1: No, it's in July. No, that sucks. Yeah. Because yeah. then,
0: then we don't have anything till August.
1: That's right. No, but we're going early August.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so, so in the, the big thing with backpacking... It's until the
1: end of August. So what yeah. come the end of August, I'm like a rock climbing bitch. Yeah. I mean, uh, backpacking.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. descending on mountains, like going up is just hard work. But going downhill beats the shit out of your knees. Yeah. yeah. Ankles. Whereas when you climb mountains, or not mountains, but you climb uh, cliffs, mm-hmm. you know, like you do the Alpine style.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Going up is climbing hard on the hands. Yeah. And, you know, and then you repel down. But going down, you repel. There's none of that repetitive pounding on the knees.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we
0: know. You know, so we're going to be going climbing, you know, like the solar slab route, which is about 1,800 feet. Hmm. Well, now imagine descending just on like rough trail, 1,800 feet.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Your knees would be screaming,
4: mm-hmm.
0: right? My knees are perfectly fine and my knees would be sore.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Our knees are going to be perfectly fine when we're done. Because <laughs> <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
0: we just slide down the rope. Right.
4: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, no, it's cool.
0: So, you know, really, I'm just watching out for you. <laughs> i'm just being nice really yeah. like uh, my yeah. knees don't have a problem descending
1: i i yeah. did the stem cell therapy so i can do shit yeah
0: yeah like climbing
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right that's enough yeah. so what are you um, excited about ryan
2: uh well i'm definitely excited for more climbing trips like did the dax last year at the end of the year um did a whole bunch of climbing here in ontario out would rattle snake and bottle glass and then uh, buffalo kelso and kelso yeah so do more of that do some do some at Mount Nemo, some sport climbs and that sort of thing this year um you know i'm excited to keep learning lead climbing sport try some trad that sort of stuff
1: it's gonna be new for both of us yeah
2: new for yep and work on you know building anchors all those skills that you need um so you don't die yeah you yeah. know and then hopefully you know eventually maybe not this year but we'll see how everything goes and then you know start swinging leads and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. leading some roots
0: so i can just be the peanut gallery i'm not (laughs) leading all the time i can be heckle from below you're gonna gonna put a piece in sometime (laughs) (laughs) pretty long run out there Uh, (laughs) hey you want to pick up the pace a little uh it's taking you a while to put that anchor in what's taking you so long (laughs) (laughs) because i'm a good mentor (laughs) yeah (laughs) so there you go yeah all right so hopefully you guys you know if you have any questions about climbing um you know drop us a line yeah like look us up live wild radio on facebook and instagram um our website soon you know we're making progress websites are so hard to do i know you know
1: that creative collaboration yeah that was yeah. tough
0: yeah. We spent eight yeah, hours, hours on Saturday <laughs> <laughs> Working on And the website's not live I'm I sure. don't like that font We, we actually yeah. yeah That was a lot of that
1: <laughs> Did he talk to you about that? No, no, no.
0: <laughs> no, no. Like I just, want I just know, know what
2: it's like When people are like Oh we need to do a website You can't use that word
0: That's That word's not You know <laughs> Like it's coming that's along That's
1: gotta be the worst job What? Creating Developing
0: no, websites No It's perfectly fine It's designed by committee That's the problem <laughs> Um, but if you do have any questions uh, you know you want to you know check out the show notes we're going to put like a lot of resources in because we talked about Diff and uh, Mountain Project and Way My Rack and Rack Up which is a, a cool app with guidebooks on it mm. right you buy the guidebook and it's just in the app so you just sort of load it you can get rate. you pick a climb and it will actually guide you to it with the GPS in your phone nice um, like because When you're climbing, unless it's kind of like alpine stuff where you specifically want the adventure of just trying to find it,
1: Mm.
0: a lot of times you have only so much time, right? We only have so much free time on our hands. Um, So anything that means that you can get to that climb you want to do and there's less chuffing around in the woods going, is it up that way? You know, because a lot of times a guidebook will say, um, look at the third crack past the tree. Which fucking tree and which fucking (laughs) crack? You know, or one of the things uh, that we run into with our Ontario guidebooks or for Southern Ontario is like uh, three meters to the route or to the right of this route, and then so then you look down in the book for that route, and then it's like two meters to the route of this route, and then it's like you're trying to work your where where's my reference point, <laughs> right? Because it's using another climb as the reference point all the time mm-hmm. until you finally go there, 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 there. Oh, okay, this is the reference point. so rather than just go you know something like there was maybe a chimney crack that you know obviously it's big enough for a person to go in so that's a natural reference point in the cliff Mm -hmm. where it's like this climb is eight meters from that one this one is 12 meters this one is due to the right right so that it's everything has the same reference point
3: (laughs) all right everybody good night
0: rant over (laughs) yeah